I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. She knows she's freaking scaring them. There's something here. I can hear footsteps walking behind me. You can feel that you're being watched. She had been stabbed and hacked. He killed her. I'm not going to walk away. She's inside of me. This is going to be a difficult walk for me. They're being watched. My name is Amy Allen. This thing likes death. I see dead people. This thing's like a monster. I speak to dead people. And he's pissed off now. And they speak to me. His head was cracked. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. This guy was murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. I cannot help you unless I know the whole story. And I know every person, every house has secrets. You saw her, it's my job to reveal them. Why would you stay here? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Stop it. We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's happening. Or time to get out. I told you to go to this house. Amy and I are called in to investigate cases when our clients have nowhere else to turn. I interview living witnesses and dig into the history of the location, looking for secrets buried in the past. While Amy communicates with the dead. I'm in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania. It's about 100 miles north of Pittsburgh. I received a call from a woman named Brenda who owns a local hotel. She says things have gotten so bad that her employees are scared and her guests are having terrible experiences. She says if we can't help, she may lose her business. Before Amy arrives, I look for anything that could influence her findings. This hotel is filled with historical photographs that have to be covered or removed. When I'm finished, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. This is going to be a difficult walk for me. I feel dizzy and confused, very confused. There's a lot of death. Someone did suffer major head trauma here. It was agony, absolutely just agony. Mm. Brenda? Yes, very glad you're here. How long you own this place? This is the beginning of our fourth year. Way back in 1986, my husband and I pulled up in front of the hotel and we said, man, if we ever won the lottery, I would want to buy the inn. Um, about four years ago, the opportunity arose. Didn't win the lottery, but we sunk every penny we have into the place. So at what point did you realize you have a problem here? Well, after we talked to some of the employees that had worked here over the years, 
I realized that we had a couple that were afraid to work in the dishroom by themselves because they had seen things. Talking to different customers, I realized that there are a lot of things going on, people being touched, things disappearing out of the dinner theater, quite a few things. Is it hurting business? Absolutely. Nobody wants to go into a hotel that they don't feel safe. One guest leaves here saying, oh, something happened in my room. He tells 10 other people. I think there are people that really would be afraid to come and stay at a place that they think is, quote, haunted. My main concern is that this inn stays here for the next 100 years. And you got how much savings invested in this Everything. Place? So if you to shut it down would... I go bankrupt. There's a lot of inner conflict with the dead people here. There's a lot of issues between them, a lot of fighting. There's even like cliques. I'd say there's about three cliques of dead people here, and they fight a lot. The entities here are so angry with each other, they are separating themselves into three warring groups. The old people, the young people, and this third group that I can only describe as juvenile delinquents. There's this old man here with a cane. He's a very dominant presence. He has a beard and mustache, uh, which are gray and white. And he beats the younger people with his cane when they fight. The living actually can hear or feel this. It would be really scary to them. Brenda, this is a pretty interesting part of the hotel. Why'd you bring me in here? This is where, at one point in time, we, my husband and I came up, and the lights flickered, doors slammed, and we were the only people in the hotel. Okay, did the breaker go or something like that? Nope, nope, not at all. We flipped the lights off, flipped the lights on, they come back on again. Anything else going on up here? Well, when I come up here myself, I always feel watched. Just a general feeling of eyes being on you, like whoever or whatever might be sitting in one of these chairs just watching you pass by. Do you feel that way now? I always have that feeling that there's always somebody watching me. These are where the juvenile delinquents hang out. They are plotting and planning in here. There's at least five kids, and they like to watch living people. They're like little spies creeping around watching people. You know, a little inappropriate behavior. Like what? Like shower watching or people going to the bathroom. Do you know anything about the history of this place? Back in the turn of the century, it was known as a resort and kind of like a fountain of youth. Okay. My question to you is, what if Amy told you that it's not safe for your guests to be here? I have no idea what we would do. I really, really don't. She may tell you that. I know. Okay. I know you got your heart and soul in this place. We do. Everything we have is right here. I'm not gonna walk away. Larry, I was talking to your wife, and she said that you've been experiencing stuff down here in the theater. You can feel that you're being watched. In what way, though? Like somebody's peeking around the corner at you or actually just, like, sitting next to you, watching you? Like maybe just sitting watching you or standing there watching. But it can be disturbing. Anything else going on? Mostly things disappearing here. Like what? Props, shoes, they disappear for two weeks and then they reappear. You sure it's nobody 
borrowing this stuff and bringing it back? Positive, because I have the key. I personally had a costume go missing backstage, and three months later, it appeared at the front desk, and nobody could explain how it got there. The younger people are far more rambunctious and angry than the old people. They get all pissy, they work each other up, and then they run amok. So to the living people, it seems constant. There's always something that's been moved. Like what? Just anything and everything, really. So what else have you seen? Lights that turn on and off by themselves. The building is locked in the winter when we're closed. Okay. I've had people call and say, there are lights on on the third floor. I myself have come over, unlocked the building, gone upstairs. The light is not on. You sure it's nobody breaking in? The kid's doing, I want to find a ghost here or something like that? Uh, Security cameras show nothing. And we've had the electrical checked, and there's no problem with the electrical. Now, I got to ask you a question. If Amy tells you that it's not safe for your guest to be here, what are you going to do? That would be crushing. This has been a lifelong dream for us. Uh, We've invested our life savings into it. And then with the kids, the juvenile delinquents, they are fascinated with, like, equipment and, like, electronic issues, like with the television. I don't know yet about them. I think they're the bad seeds. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Christy, I was talking to Brenda. Mm-hmm. Now, how long have you been working here? Nine years. Now, she told me that you've had some experiences here. Yes. I'll be leaving here, and as I'm walking, I can hear footsteps walking behind me. 
and nobody else is in the hotel. Uh-uh. And how far behind you do you hear it? I turn around to see if they're right there. That's how close That's how it sounds. Yes. Have you experienced anything else? In this room, I was meeting with a bride. It was in the middle of the winter, so there was nobody here. And she goes, I see somebody walking down the hall. And I go, really? The doors are locked. So I turned around, and we both seen the shadow, went and looked out this door, and we saw nobody. Okay. Did it look like a human being walking? Yes. Okay, so it didn't look like a, a mist or anything? No. Okay. Just things that going on here, is it hurting business at all? I have a couple brides that are leery. Why do you stay here? I love my job. I love the hotel. Now, Brenda was saying how she put her life savings into this place. I mean, you worried about her? Yes, very much. You said there were three clicks? Yes. Would they be seen at all? It's possible that the elderly people are, but the kids, I would think that maybe people could possibly see them, just because they're all about spying and hiding. Um, so, like, there's a lot of people who are unhappy here, and then the living people have negative experiences and kind of become negative. So, Marie, I was talking to your sister, Brenda, and she said that you've had some experiences here. Yes. Okay, can you explain some of them for me? I spent nights where my sister and I were the only ones in-house, and I hear like what is heavy furniture being pulled across the floor. And the one night we're up on the third floor, well, there's nothing above us on the third floor, but yet I could still hear that noise. Does it wake you up? It has, yes. Okay, so it's that loud? Mm-hmm. What else have you experienced? We were checking curtains in rooms, and Brenda and Pat, my other sister, was in front, and I felt a tug on my shirt, and I turn around, there's nobody there. You didn't get caught on anything? No, I was right in the middle of the hall. Anything else? Uh, one night uh, in one of the rooms, Pat and I, she was in one bed and I was in one bed next to the door. And it was probably five or six in the morning and I heard like a key in the, in the door. And that's what woke me, but nobody came in. So I thought, oh, somebody just has the wrong door. Okay. And then it wasn't even like 15 seconds later, the sheets and blankets raise up above where I'm sleeping. And... Then I feel this weight, like someone's laying right on top of me. I was, I was scared to death. I tried to wake up Pat, but when you're that scared, nothing will come out. It's like, you can't get your voice to work. It was terrifying. I, I couldn't go back to sleep. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever experienced anything before the hotel? No. I've never been a believer in ghosts. Then that happened. It's like, okay, there's something here. There's two women in particular who do a lot of screaming. One of them is very depressed and she is mad and she is always dressed in black. This is like her zone. This is, I think, where she's seen the most and has the most interactions with people. Everything she does is creepy. She has a violent temper. 
Brenda told me that her hotel was once marketed as the Fountain of Youth. So I'm heading over to meet with a local historian who said that what happened at the Riverside will definitely help my case. So my client said that the property I'm investigating might have been a Fountain of Youth type of a place? It was. Okay, now who owned the property? Well, that was Dr. John H. Gray that's in the photograph here. He was the one who discovered the mineral waters. He was out probing, looking for oil on his property and discovered not oil, but rather a spring. So he had it tested, found that it was high in iron, sodium, uh, magnesium, potassium, quite a long list of minerals there. So he starts prescribing to the locals. Here's an advertisement here that is promoting what was available for these individuals. So Dr. Gray thought this water could cure just about anything. That seemed to be the idea. Dale, this guy sounds like some kind of a quack. Well, it does seem like quackery by today's medical sciences, but uh, that's what people believed back at that time. Something is not right here. This used to be nicer grounds, more lush, bigger gardens. And there's like this wetness. Like oil or water. And it looks really nice, but it's uh, not. It caused the misfortunes. And then I do hear con convalescent. It's very strange. When did he start treating people with this mineral water? Well, it was 1884. This is a photograph that shows you know, a large number of people at the original Gray Mineral Spring House. People would stand 100 people in a line waiting to buy a glass of water, take a seat, drink their water, get back in line and do it all over again. Okay. What kind of people went to him? A lot of these people would have come with pre-existing medical conditions. Everything from gout and diabetes to disorders of the stomach, kidneys. Okay, so did anybody get cured from this stuff? There were those that believed that they were better. But we're seeing that large amounts of magnesium uh, can actually lead to serious issues to the point of even death for some. All right, so do we know if anybody died at the property I'm investigating? Well, there were about six. Now, did Gray get in any trouble for this? Actually, no. Um, he lost the hotel in 1890. They got behind on, on taxes. And a year later, he died. It seems like this place did serve a lot of a lot of purpose. What do you mean? There's like people coming and going and coming and going. I literally see like gurneys. I think that there were a lot of ill people here. You okay? I just feel sick. I'm, I'm a mess. Dale told me that the wars at the Riverside could have done a lot more harm than good. I need to find out what a heavy dose of magnesium will do to the human body. So I've called on a physiology professor who says the cure could have been a lot worse than the disease. The property I'm investigating, apparently at one time there was a Dr. Gray there that ran it as a fountain of youth where the mineral water that was filled with magnesium, he said, would cure all diseases. 
Now, is there any truth at all to that? No, absolutely not. It would seem like to me, even back then, that this would still be an outrageous claim to treat illnesses. Okay. This is one of the bottles I was actually able to find that was being sold at the inn. So what would the symptoms be if somebody had too much magnesium in it? Well, things like nausea, dizziness, flushing. Okay. Now, I understand there were six deaths at the location. Okay. Could too much of the mineral water kill somebody? With the levels of magnesium that are in that water, it's possible. Now, were there any diseases that would have been worsened, like taking this stuff? Certainly. If uh, they had diminished kidney function or kidney disease or stomach issues, then if it got to be high enough amounts of magnesium, it could be respiratory failure and cardiac arrest in the worst-case scenario. There's a lot of physical pain in this area. It hurts. Ugh. People are crying out in pain. Really sick. Very much illness here. I feel like lots of breathing problems. Like people might have some seizures. I, I can't even, like, talk <laughs> like it's... I'm at the local library to see what else I can uncover about the property's past. While looking through the newspaper archives, I discover a drowning that occurred right on the hotel grounds. Now that I know that a kid died right in the creek on my client's property, I need to find out what happened. I'm on my way to meet with a local crime writer who says that tragedy is one of several that hit the riverside. So I came across this kid that drowned right here on the property I'm investigating. Yes. Uh, what can you tell me about that? That happened in August of 1979. Okay. A uh, young man's name was Robert Griffith. He was swimming with some friends in the river here and uh, was taken under and uh, drowned. All right, so this was an accident. It was an accident, yeah. And, and they were kind of common in, the, in French Creek, as a matter of fact. What do you mean by common? Well, there was a young man who drowned in the river almost in the same spot the very next year. His name was Michael Catalano, and I happen to find a picture of him here for you. Uh, it was similar circumstances. He was in swimming and was taken under and, uh, and drowned. Now, was the river that bad? Well, the, the river is kind of deceptive. It, it looks calm, but it runs deep. There's a lot of current in it to, to trip you up and pull you under. French Creek has, uh, has taken a lot of lives up and down its length. There's some people in the water. They're bloated. I think they're dead. And there's a woman, this mournful woman, and she's desperate. She likes to jump people. She wants to make people go in the water. Would you say this depressed woman by the river is dangerous? Yes. She's um, trying to get me to go in the water. Can you describe her at all? 
she isn't in me, but inside of me. So, Don, I've exhausted about everything I can investigating the location, but you had mentioned on the phone that there were some other things that might help my case. You might uh, be interested in uh, the Doris Hatch case. Okay, what year was this? It was uh, the summer of 1953. Okay. Uh, Doris lived uh, literally two minutes away from here walking. Okay. Um, she was a young lady, uh, 22 years old. Um, she worked as a bookkeeper for a local hardware store. Okay, so what happened to her? She stepped out of the hardware store and vanished. Police, once they started investigating, settled pretty quickly on a suspect uh, for her disappearance, and that was William Turner, her boss at the hardware store. He's 33. The day that Doris vanished, Turner took a business trip. He was very evasive when he was questioned by authorities as to what that business trip entailed. Was there any motive behind why she would have been murdered? There were persistent rumors that they were seeing each other. There was some sort of a romantic relationship between them. Don, how long was it before the body was discovered? Two and a half years later, a hunter found the body. She had been uh, stabbed and hacked with a large bladed weapon like a machete. machete. He was tipped off to the authorities finding the body by an eerie newspaper and uh, told his wife that he was going to come back to Crawford County to clear his name. Then he took a walk to clear his head. And when police moved in to arrest him, he wasn't at home. They found him propped up against the seawall looking out at the Atlantic Ocean, dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the chest. Did either one of these people frequent this hotel? I would say without a doubt they have been at the Riverside. Uh, the Riverside at the time was a place to, for weddings, dinners, Christmas parties, all that, all that type of thing happened here. I think there was a dude who killed a chick here. It's like there, 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 there was like a fight. There, there, they're fighting a lot. So he killed her. He strangled her. She says that's what ended her life. He also seems much older than her. They were intimate. She thinks he had it planned out, like he was going to murder her anyways. Like, I, I am hearing them arguing, and then she's on the floor, and he's got her his knee in her chest, like, and like really squeezing it. He wants her out of here. I encountered dozens of entities on my walk. He's probably about 75 years old. But the leader of the older clique was the most prominent. So I decided to sketch him. He has a cane. He has a mustache and a beard. And he has very light, intense eyes. Is this who you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to our clients and each other for the first time. Amy, I want you to meet Larry and Brenda. They were a married couple. Their dream was to own the hotel. And a few years back, they actually obtained that dream. But it came with a price. The activity is so bad here that their guests 
and their employees are scared to be here. They're afraid that if we can't help them and figure out what's going on in this place, they may have to lose the business. With that, I'm going to ask Amy to tell us a little bit about her walk and uh, see what she uncovered. I was out on the grounds, and I felt like I was seeing the substance, but I didn't know if it was oil or water or both. I felt like it had caused a lot of problems and that it's still here. That's interesting. The original owner of the property and of the hotel itself was a guy by the name of Dr. Gray. This is Dr. Gray here. Hmm. Interesting. Back in 1859, when he acquired the property, he started looking for oil. But what he did discover was mineral water. Oh. And he found out there were high levels of magnesium in it. He decided that with the mineral water to uh, make this place into a wellness sanitarium. Oh, wow. Here's a picture of what it would have looked like back then. Interesting, because I heard the word convalescent. I saw a lot of sick people. I saw women dressed like nurses, and I saw a lot of gurneys. Now, this is one of the original ads we were able to find. And it basically says that whatever ails you, this mineral water would cure it. Now, I want to show you what the mineral water looked like. This is interesting. They actually bottled it here in the basement. You see, it's 1886, Riverside Inn. So they just come here and drink it? Yeah. The people that did come here, they were all sick. Really? Because I was sick the entire walk. Very dizzy, a lot of confusion. There was severe pain in my head. Uh, I almost vomited at one point. The living here would probably experience uh, headaches and nausea. Hmm. I might be able to explain that, but I talked to a professor of physiology. He told me magnesium can never cure anything. But high contents of magnesium in your body can make you very sick. Problems breathing, vomiting, diarrhea, flushing of the face, low blood pressure, and dizziness. In extreme cases, people could have cardiac arrest and actually die. We know that at least six people dropped dead right on the property. Oh my gosh. So most of the people were kind of ODing on this. Yeah, basically, yeah. So instead of getting better, people might have killed themselves doing it. So what else did you see? What I noticed was that there were three different cliques of dead people. So there was like the group of elderly people, young adults, and then what the elderly referred to as the juvenile delinquents. The leader of this elderly group of people was this guy who had white hair, a white beard. He walked with a cane and he was just yelling about how these two other cliques were obnoxious. He was very um, authoritative. Did you get a good look at this guy? I mean... I sketched the man I saw. Well, let's take a look at the sketch. To me, this actually looks like a younger version of Dr. Gray. You guys take a look. See, the nose to me is what's so accurate, and even the eyes. Yeah, the nostrils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The expression looks the same. So do you think that the guy with the cane is Dr. Gray? 
I think so, yeah. Now, do these clicks do anything that can affect the people that are living? There were specifically three ways of experiencing them. The young adults, they're into movement, moving objects, things like that. And they're fascinated by the electricity and what it can do and what they can do with it and all that kind of stuff. And then the little juvenile delinquents are really bad. They spy on people. That's their big thing. The uh, living will often feel watched um, by them. I literally, anytime I'm walking the hallways upstairs, I know I'm being watched. You just feel it. For at least 10 years, there have been lights that come on by themselves. And when we're closed for the winter, the building is locked. Somebody will call and say, oh, there was a light on on the third floor last night. And I know nobody's been there. The other thing she brought up was another thing we talked about. Stuff moving, disappearing. Props, costumes disappear, but they always come back. It's like they're playing games. They always are. Could they do a lot more damage in the future? Oh, well, yeah. More and more devices will be affected as they learn how to do this really, really well. Just like the living, the dead can become fixated on developing their abilities. And the more they practice, the more they learn to manipulate energy and their surroundings. Saw a lot of stuff so far. Anything else? Mm Mm-hmm. The next thing I saw was a bad scene when I was on the second floor. I saw a man who killed a woman. They were intimate with each other. He was much older than her. They were fighting. I saw him kneeling on her chest and strangled her in a weird way. I did come across one murder, but I'm not sure if it's the one you're talking about. A woman by the name of Doris Hatch, she was a 22-year-old girl. Uh, She lived a two-minute walk from the hotel here. This is Doris Hatch. Back in 53, she goes missing. Person they think responsible for her death was this guy, William Turner. This is him. You had said that she was younger and he was older. Well, she was 22, he was 33, and that they were intimately involved. Was he married? He was. Uh-huh. Yeah. She doesn't get found for two and a half years. And when wow. she does get found, her body's so decomposed that the best they can do is figure out that she was hacked to death with a machete. Oh. I think that they were in the building and they did fight here, but I didn't see him hack her up or anything. But you got that she was murdered? Yes. What else did you see? I saw people on the ground and they were dead and they their bodies were bloated, so I got that they drowned. Well, that's easy enough to explain. This is French Creek out here. and actually runs over 100 miles. It's actually a river. And there's been a lot of drownings associated with it. Two of those drownings actually took place right on the property. Back in 79, this kid here, Robert Allen Griffith, uh, was 17 years old, mm-hmm. went in the water and he drowned. A year later, a kid named Michael Catalano, right here again, drowned. He was 24 years old at the time. When I was trying to leave, I kept going to the water. I saw this woman, she jumped inside of me. She was trying to make me go in the water and Drown. She was feeling very desperate and she was in mourning. She's the only entity that I came into contact with who that I felt an immediate threat from. Now, when you say she jumped you, she like went into your body physically. Yes. You don't think that she's responsible for the death of these two kids? It's a possibility. What about the guests that go near the water? Could they be at risk? 
Yes. She's capable of jumping other people. You got that look that you guys are a little worried about your guests now. That makes me concerned. The water has always been a concern. Guests are here all the time for weddings. You know, a wedding reception that's right. outside, kids running around. We certainly don't need anyone helping them go over. Mm -mm. Larry and Brenda, listen, you got hit with a lot of information today, a lot of history. Uh, but the big question is, is it safe for you guys, your employees, and your guests to be here? For that answer, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. Obviously, I don't care for the woman outside. I think that she is possibly a threat to the living. So what I would recommend is to find a psychotherapist. You can go to the local university, go to their psych department, but the psychotherapist also needs to be a medium. This individual should come and work with the woman outside just to talk to her, find out what's up, what's going on, why is she here, all of that. The second thing is to do a cleansing of this building. And what this will do is help with the removal of some of the residual uh, that's here and also some of the dead that are here. Then what I would recommend is you teach the housekeepers how to do this basic cleansing. And that one time per week, they incorporate it into their regular duties. As far as the clicks that I encountered, the three main clicks, I don't feel personally threatened by them. They're just more chaotic within each other's groups. It's not with any malevolent or malicious intent okay. towards the living. It's up to you if you want to tell the sensitive to remove them or not. Um, some may just leave anyway if they're tired of being here. Let me ask you, what about uh, the medium? Will she uh, move on our Dr. Gray? I wouldn't try to move him on. Um, but if he chooses to go, then he can leave. He's not a threat. No. The ultimate question is, once they do all this, do you think they'll be okay? I think so, yes. Now, you guys got to be relieved. I mean, this was your dream to own this place. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm really glad that we can actually aid people in moving on if they need to move on and keep our guests safe. That above all, is, is very important to us. Just knowing that there's a solution and that everyone is safe. Our guests are safe. We're safe. Our employees are safe. It's a big relief. With so much death surrounding this location, Brenda and Larry have their work cut out for them. I really hope they follow my advice and get rid of the woman by the creek, or their next event might not have a happy ending. <laughs>